Let me just quickly get into the message that I have for the church. I know everybody is waiting for that. Today's week four of a sermon series we've been calling from the life of Elijah. We've been starting through uh, the life of Elijah the last three weeks. Week one, I talked to us about um, how an ordinary man with no lot of history, historical background that is mentioned, God used Elijah's life and uh, he was called as the man of God, man of God. An ordinary man was called as the man of God. It was from week one. Week two, I talked about uh, the place called Kirith Ravine, which is a place where it's cut off from resources and God's, God becomes the source of our life and every other resource is cut off. And God oftentimes takes us through a place of Kirith Ravine. Uh, uh, week three, last week, I talked about ravens, uh, you know, from people that we don't think our help comes. You know, God can use the ordinary birds of the air to bring help to our life. He can use the, the flora and the fauna to talk to us, to communicate His love. Uh, uh, all the creation obeys God. If that's the case, we as the created being, we must obey God as well. And that's from week four, as I talk from uh, uh, ravens, how ravens provided food, the first of its kind, Uber Eats by the ravens, heaven's uh, uh, idlis, uh, heaven's dosha, you know, whatever was given to <laughs> Elijah. Today, I want to talk to us, church, about another portion that I want to take your attention to us. And I'm, I'm sure this is going to bless some people because this is already blessing me today. Uh, uh, the title that I want to give for today's message is Don't Eat Your Seed. Amen. It says, Don't Eat Your Seed. If anybody who is in agriculture, if you have done some sort of an agriculture, I know a lot of farmers, you know, we, we get a harvest. And when we get a harvest, we try to keep a handful of seed for the next season. Why? We don't eat that. The reason is because if you eat everything that you have as seed in your hand, you won't have for the next season. You provide for the next season by not eating your seed. Are you with me, somebody? I'm already preaching. I'm just one minute into this sermon today. But I'm already preaching. And God in the Bible wants us to make sure as believers, as individuals, as Christ's church, redeemed people of God, that we learn not to eat the seed God has provided in our life because seed has a potential for the growth of life. Come on, somebody. Seed has a potential to grow in a season. And God in the Bible has ordained seasons for every individual. And it all depends on the seed God has provided in our hands. First Kings chapter 17, verses 7 to 16. Long scriptures, but that's, that's where I want to camp for some time now. First Kings chapter 17, verses 7 to 16. This is how it goes. Sometime later, the brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. Isn't it funny or interesting to note? In one season, God provided Elijah with the brook. But in the midst of a transition, God makes sure, makes sure that brook is dried up. In order for God to make Elijah move from one place to the other, something had to dry up, which was giving a source of life in the previous season. Are you with me? In the previous season, whatever was providing life for the work of Elijah, for, the, for, the, for, for everything Elijah was doing, in the Bible we see he had to dry up that brook. 
He had to stop Uber Eats, Ravens, Uber Eats. Uh, uh, and Elijah was now stuck in a place of, you know, whatever he commanded the environment to. Like, for example, he shut the ovens. And now whatever he commanded is affecting him in his home country. It is affecting him in his personal social. It is affecting him now. It has come home, whatever he commanded in the environment. And that's the point. God wanted Elijah to understand. You know what? You're getting too comfortable because of the brook. You're getting too comfortable because you got to do nothing. Just sit and wait for the ravens to appear and everything is all good and you're enjoying this life. But Elijah, Karit Ravine was a place that I wanted to develop you and I want you to move out of that location. Are you, are you are you hearing this? In a season where God has placed you, it is simply because He wants to train you. It's not because He wants to live there forever. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. And that's where you see the portion where the same brook that brought life, the same brook that brought water and sustenance for Elijah's life is slowly trying to dry up. I wonder that there are some seasons and in those seasons or in those situations, God is taking us to a new task, a new place, a new endeavor because something in the past is drying up. And just because it dries up, nothing and the promises of God has not stopped. He is the God who in the first place had commanded the ravens to come feed Elijah at Karit Ravine. And He is the God who is ordering food and making all sorts of uh, uh, providence for Elijah in the next season. All to say, God controls the seasons of our life. Praise the Lord. God controls the season of our life. We embrace it, not fight it. We embrace it, learn through it, and He advances us for the next season. What He learned at Karit Ravine, God is taking him out of that place into a new area. And that's why you see in verse 7, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. No rain in the land. Verse 8, then the word of the Lord came to him. I love this because in through 1 Kings chapter 17, you see verses out of verses that talks to us about, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. You know, it is interesting to note here Whenever you are downcast, whenever you are weak, whenever you are failing in the decisions God has asked you to do, you will always hear the word of the Lord in your life. And it is the word of the Lord that encourages you. It's like gasoline that you have never had before. It strengthens you and it helps you to uh, uh, capture new territories for what God has asked. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Verse 9, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. And everybody have most probably heard two or three sermons about the widow of Zarephath that provided food for Elijah. We have learned through from our, uh, our kids' uh, Sunday school or children's education, children's church. We have heard these stories from a very young age. But as I take your attention towards, I want you to read and understand something new that the Lord wants to teach to us during this season. Number one, we look to in the scriptures is that uh, the word of the Lord came and go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon 
and stay there. Listen to this. In a region of Sidon or Zarephath, Zarephath was the center of Baal worship. Are you with me? The center of Baal worship from which Elijah was running away. Elijah was running away from uh, Ahab and Jezebel. And now Jezebel is the princess of Sidon. Her dad was the king over this whole vast land of Sidon. And that's the center of Baal worship. Elijah withstood uh, 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 the schemes of Ahab and prophesied and declared that there will be no rain. He shut the heavens. Why? Because of the land that was worshiping Baal, the god Baal. And now Elijah is running away from this land that has terrified him. But God says, I want you to go back to the same place from where you are running away from. Oh, isn't it beautiful to see how God would make you challenge the things that you thought will never be able to, you can never be able to stand against. God trains you in the Karith Ravine. Why? So that you can go back to the place that has come against you. The same group of people that stood against you. That same structure that has asked you to quit your life. Can I declare in a season that God is taking you. He says, I'm going to make you challenge the same system. You know why? Because in the Karith Ravine, I have the God and I was providing not just for your well-being, but I was strengthening you for your tomorrow. I was strengthening you for your next season. I am speaking to some individuals in this room. You are in your season of Karith Ravine. But can I declare? He He's about to tell you, go stand those people, don't go stand those demons that has terrified your forefathers, that has terrified your, your, your previous past, that has terrified everything that has happened in your past. Can I declare, if you're running away from your future, God says, go withstand the same demon that has attacked your family. I am the Lord, I am with you. Praise the Lord. I the Lord. Go to Zarephath. Elijah be like, you know, why is that? I mean, you can ask me to go to any other place, but Zarephath, no God. Center of Baal worship. Why are you asking me to go there? Sidon, I want to kill everybody at Sidon. Why are you asking me to go there? I don't like that place. I don't like anything to do with Zarephath. But God says, I want you to go to that place. Because I have already directed a widow to provide for you. If you read through a couple of verses just above that, you know, God says, I want you to go and hide in the cave near Karith Ravine. And I have already directed the ravens. Even before Elijah, you find yourself in that cave. I have already directed the ravens to provide for you. But in this scripture, you see, I want you to go to Zarephath. And I've already directed, listen to these words. I have already directed a widow to provide for you. In this land. Listen. Even before. You have actually obeyed God. He's made sure your provision will come. But you won't receive it. Until you reach that place. Am I making sense? He's already made the provision for you. He's already directed that boss on your favor. He's already directed in, the, in that school, in that education, in that job. He's already made provisions, but it won't happen until God sees you in that place. You receive it only when you obey it. But God in the Bible declares here that I've already directed a widow in Zarephath to provide 
for you. I love this story because, you know, the life of Elijah, I, I wish Hollywood take this as a storyline and make a good movie. And I, I'm sure it's going to sell out so wonderfully. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, listen, when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. First of all, uh, 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 you know, in, in, back in those days, nobody took anything from a widow because she has already lost her life, her livelihood. She's trying, barely she's trying to make her ends meet. And nobody wants to do anything with a widow. And they put her down as a single, they put it, nobody tries to help her. Nobody tries to do any business with a widow here. But here, God is asking Elijah to go to a widow. Now listen, as a man of God, God could have told him to, hey, you know what? You are hungry, ask these rocks to turn into bread and I will make it. Miracles would happen. But for Elijah, the next season is also a season of training. And God takes him there to a place where he doesn't want to go, to a person that he thinks cannot help him. But God already tells him that I've directed the widow to provide for you. Isn't it interesting to note that places that we actually don't want to associate and we think it's not going to work out, the people that we think it's not going to help, I don't think they have the source, nothing. But God says, you know what? I have asked that person, that family to come around you and help you, to come around you and build you. I am thankful when I moved to Zion, when I moved to Dallas, Texas, there are families that I never knew, especially when I moved to Dallas like five years ago. I had no clue. We had no family here. But thankful that God in the Bible, He said, you know, I will raise up families all around you to help you in this journey. And this is the story of me. And I know there are many individuals in this room. You are in a place of transition. Can I declare boldly in the name? If God has asked you to make a move, people will be coming around you to help you succeed because it is the promise of God and His promises never go in vain. The word of the Lord comes to build us. The word of the Lord comes to strengthen us. And that's the story of Elijah. He goes to Zarephath and now at the town gate, verse 10, it says he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you please bring me a little water in a jar so that I can drink? He's tired. He's like, please bring me a jar of water. She's gathering sticks. You don't gather sticks for no reason. You gather sticks. And back in those, you gather sticks. For one reason that is so that you can cook something. You can prepare something. She's gathering sticks. She has a reason to gather. Begin the story that we read, we understand as we read through. Verse 11 says, as she was going to get it, she was going to get water. Elijah asked for water. As she was going to get it, he called her and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Whoa, 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 hold on. You asked for water, I can provide water. But a piece of bread, uh, that was not in the menu. That, I, I don't know about that. Water is easy. I mean, we have a little bit. Elijah, you see, you, you're the man who called for famine all throughout the land. There's drought. There, we, we have no rain. Are you going crazy? You ask me, I can provide you with little water. Right? Bread? Can't do that. We don't have it. Listen to what she says. I love the scripture here. As surely as the Lord, your God uh, lives. Verse 12. She replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar 
and a little oil or olive oil in a jug. I am gathering few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it. I would have loved if there was a full stop right after that, but it doesn't stop. We may eat it, dash, 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 and die. Whoa. Elijah is confused. This lady is going crazy here. God sent me, lady, God sent me to you that you may give me food, right? And in verses above that, you see the picture where it says that God had already directed the lady to prepare food for Elijah. That's what we read, right? He had already directed. Now, Elijah is confused. Yo, I mean, God told me that he's already told you to give me food. Now, you tell me that you have only a little bit to, for you and your son to eat and die. You know what? You go die, but first you make me some food. First you provide for me. And that's why you see in that scripture here, verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Oh, I love it. And I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be talking prophetically into somebody's life today. In the situation that you are in, I have one word to share, don't be afraid. In, in, the, in the lack that you are in, in the emptiness that you're feeling, Maybe you are in the verge of suicide and you are thinking that what's going to happen with my life? I don't think how will the ends meet. I don't think I can control all of it. But I have a word to share. Anybody who is under my voice, don't be afraid. If God has sent you thus far, provided for you thus far, He is the God who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who knows the end, even at the beginning. He's the God who controls all of it. He'd already directed the widow to provide for Elijah. And as you look into that scripture, verse 13 says, um, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small small, uh, loaf of bread for me and what you have, bring it to me. And then make something for yourself And your son. For this is what the Lord says. Verse 14. The God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not dry run. Run dry. Until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Verse 15. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and the woman. And her family. For the jar of flour was not used up. And the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord. Spoken by Elijah. What a beautiful reminder. On seeing. Don't eat your seed. And here in the whole story. One of the things that we have to understand as a Christian. As a child of God, you're listening to me. No matter what faith background you are from. But the principle of sustenance for future is not eating your seed. That when you have the seed that you sow, your seed has the potential to give birth. The seed has the potential for the next season's harvest. And you can gather together when you have sowed the seed on the good ground. And here in the story... The widow of Zarephath had a reason. She had only enough 
to provide for herself and her son, want to eat her last meal and then go to sleep so that they can die. That's her only hope. And she was planning on doing that. And the same story we see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus himself talks about the same story. And Jesus says, in the land there were many widows, but prophet Elijah was sent to only one widow, the widow of Zarephath. Jesus himself mentions that. There were many widows in the land. But Jesus says, Elijah, prophet Elijah was sent to one widow because God wanted to change that widow's life. God wanted to change everything about her family and her future. Whatever she was going through, through a man of God that has come into her life, into her family, God wanted to change all and everything around. There are three things that we see in all of this portion. And I want to take your attention. There are three things that we see in the story of uh, the widow of Zarephath or from the scriptures here. Number one, obedience leads to your blessing. It's a simple, we all know about it. Obedience leads to your blessing. Obedience leads, are you obeying God? It is as simple as it is right now. Are you obeying God? Are we obeying His word? Are we obeying His scriptures? Are we listening to what God is saying in this season? Number two, that I want to mention here, honor leads to God's blessing. Are you honoring people? And I pray, and this is what we believe at our church too, one of our culture code here is a value here is we want to honor people. Honor people from all and every different background. Every background that they come from, we honor them, we cherish their life. Whatever they wear, we don't care. But we care what they can become in Christ. I believe they are a new creation in Christ. And there are people in this room who, uh, uh, who are from different geographic locations of the world. I'm thankful that we could do life together. Why? Because we honor and cherish each other. And that's what we see in the scriptures here. Honor leads to your blessing. And I declare this. Your family will be blessed when you start honoring God's people. When you start honoring God's servants, your life will be a blessing. I think we need to teach this to our children and children's children. That we need to learn to honor God. I love this church because they honor, they honor the servant. They honor me as a pastor. I love this church because we honor our leaders around us. Our servant leaders around us. Are you with me church? We love this church because we learn to love one another and honor one another. Number three that I want to mention here is faith leads to your blessing. Three things, obedience, honor, and the third and the most important thing is faith leads to your blessing. What if the lady did not pay attention to what Elijah was saying? Can I tell you? She would have eaten the last meal and she would have died. But for Elijah, God can send the ravens back. Are you with me church? It's for the Elijah. God can provide anyhow. He creates and He orders everything in the creation. But for the lady at Zarephath, she had to obey. Obedience brought her blessing. Honor brought her blessing. Praise the Lord. Are you with me, church? Faith brought her blessing. She believed in the words of Elijah. And she decided to make him the first. I want to declare here. When you trust God with everything you have, God provides everything you need. 
Listen to this. When you trust God with everything you have, God provides with everything you need. What do you need today? Are you trusting God with what you already have? What you don't have, it is already in the resources of God. Back order, it's coming. So no worries. But when you start trusting God with everything you have, God provides everything that you need in the seasons. All the seasons to come by. And that's the story of Zarephath that encourages the body of believers today in the 21st century. At Zion Church, and no matter where you are listening this message to, if you are in that season, He provides for your need because He knows you. He knows your heart. But listen, if the widow at Zarephath had not taken attention to Elijah's need and request, she would eat it and then she would never make it. She would die. But even in the midst of a global famine that was prevailed in their land, she and her family came out of it because of obedience. She and her family, her son, came out of it because of her honor. Her family made it through because of her faith. And this is the reminder to the body of Christ today, this morning. Listen, your greatness is not what you have, but what you give. Hallelujah. I, I've taken our church's attention towards, to the thought process of, do not eat your seed. Praise the Lord. And that's why your greatness is not what you have, but what you give. It's not more what, what we can show it to everybody. But it blesses people when we start giving it to them. Blessed are those who can give. Hallelujah. When we look all around us, we see people that are hurting. People that are struggling. People that have no hope because they don't have Jesus. But one of the things that we could offer in this world that is broken is we offer Jesus with them. We give them life by giving and trading Jesus with them. We give them Jesus. And He provides everything that they need in their life. But it doesn't make sense. If I go to somebody who's hungry and then, you know what? I give you Jesus. It doesn't make sense. We provide for them in that scenario, in that season, in that given situation. We pro How do we do that? Might be a McDonald's. <laughs> Might be a hamburger. But if they're, if, they're, if they're hungry, you tell them, hey, you know what? Jesus loves you. Bye. No. But our Christianity will make sense when you see somebody who is hungry. When you see somebody who is naked, we provide for them. Greatness is not measured in what you have, but in what we can give. Yes, of course she was a widow. There is no hope in our life and everything has gone dead when her husband passed away. She's trying barely her life and meet her. She's trying hard to provide for her son. But can I tell you, all Elijah asked was, can you provide for me? And God tested her. As long as the scripture is true and today I want to declare that. It says, her jar would never go run empty. Her oil never ran empty. Why? Because she chose to obey God rather than listening to her circumstances. Your circumstances don't define who you are. It is a word and the promises of God that we get to obey today that declares a better and a good future, not just to you, but all and everything all around you in your present circumstances. 
when you invite Jesus and the word of God in your circumstances, everything about your circumstances changes. And that is what, as we were singing that song, when he walks into a room, the room recognizes something has walked in that I cannot disown. I cannot run away. And the scenario of the room changes. You see, when Elijah walks into that place that is filled with famine, a land that was filled with idol worship and Baal worship and all of that, a place that intimidated him and he chose to run away. But when he walking into, he's walking into that place, one, he's obeying God. Two, he's letting others also to obey what God has for them through his words. As you look into these scriptures here, I want to ask this question to our church and everybody listening to me. Could it be that some things in your life have come to an end because God is moving you into a next task? Listen to this. Could it be that some things in your life has come to an end because God is transitioning you to a next season? Something has to dry up for you to pack up your bag and to leave that area. Something has to stop for you to trust God in a new season. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. And that's the story of Elijah here. God wanted to bless the life of Zarephath. Bless the life of the widow there. And he had to make sure that Elijah would leave. And Elijah chose to leave so that the widow of Zarephath could be blessed. God had already ordained, directed her to provide the meals for Elijah. And Bible helps us to understand in the scriptures here. Um, when we look into verse 13, she went away as did as, uh, and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. As long as she chose to keep the word spoken by Elijah, God continued to provide for her in that season of a famine. I don't know where you are at right now. Might be in that season of famine. But can I tell you, your greatness comes with what you, not with what you have, but what you give in that season. What you provide in that season. I am thankful that we get to partner with Brother John Coker in Frisco area and... Uh, um, uh, going forward, we're, we're planning on doing much more ministry in Frisco. As we were talking with Brother John the other day, we're planning on having our campus ministry at, at Frisco location. As we do this, we know there are so many people who are hurting and broken. We want to come alongside them and be the hands and feet of Jesus in that location. People who have no idea of what Jesus is. People who perhaps may not have had the opportunity to understand the love of God. But I pray to the work of our servants, to the work of our leaders, we get to capture those people. I believe in that land. When I say widow, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are married in that land as well. But I, I pray that in that land there are people who are broken, who are hurting. When a church will arise to an occasion such like this. Now together, we can minister to make sure in the midst of a famine that people are going through, we get to partner, we get to work, 
and we get to see they have something in their life that we offer and it is the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus. Listen, lastly, I want to talk to you about something. Can I have my worship team behind me? God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Amen? God's work done in God's way, not your way, not my way. God's work done in God's ways never lacks God's supplies. Praise the Lord. I'm a testament of the provision of God that I've seen in my life all through my ministerial journey. All through my ministry. God has supernaturally provided for me and my family and is continuing to do so. The reason is because I chose to humble myself to say, God, you have called me for your work and I will do your work in your way and I know I will never lack in any supply because it is God's work. And I'm here to declare that word of assurance to every person in this room. God's work done in God's way will never lack any of God's supplies. Are you needing something in your life where you think and you feel that life is empty and you're running out dry? But can I tell you, don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. I want to talk to our church also in the lines. When I mention about don't eat your seed, oftentimes we try to tie in with our tithes and offerings as well. Sowing in God's house, the seed, the blessing that God gives us, sowing in God's house is to make sure that we understand there is enough in the house so that this house provides for people outside. There is enough in the house that this house will make sure there are people outside who are hungry will no, no longer go hungry. Who are thirsty will no longer go thirsty. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? We provide. And that's why with our tithes and offering, we do not eat from our tithes and offering. We sow it in the place that brings forth the fruits of harvest. And we as the church, in the New Testament, the Old Testament, they did the tenth of their income. New Testament doesn't call it a tenth. But it's anything above, anything that God has given us, we give Him our tenth or more back to Him. Why? Because we say, God, I know I don't want to give you my leftovers. I want to give you whatever you have provided in my life, the best of the best. I want to give it back to you. Why do we do that? Because we honor God with that. We obey His words with that. And we believe that in the season of my lack, He is, the, he is able to provide with the seed that I've already sown. Praise the Lord. When we do that, you're not, with your tithes and offering, you're not helping the pastor to build his church, the pastor to build his house, buy his car. No, we're doing it so the ministry of God what God has asked us to do in this city, in this nation, through our influence, this will grow. This will grow. And I'm so thankful when I mention this at our church. I love this church. The reason is because we are a giving church. We are a giving church. And I'm thankful for people and the families that have sown seed with your tithes and offerings, with your missions contributions, within this building, within this house. And through that, 
I am thankful God is enabling us to do things that we could not have done otherwise. And I believe greater will happen with our obedience. Now like pastor, I don't have enough. It's okay with what you have. With what you have. Your greatness does not come with what you have, but what with what you give. And let it be a challenge in our life. The widow of Zarephath wanted to die, but she did not because she chose to obey. God of Elijah is our God. Do not eat from our sea. Let's stand up in God's house. Let's stand up in God's house as we make this declaration over this house, as we make this declaration over our families, that God help me that I don't eat from my seed that you provided, but the seed will be sown on good soil that will bring forth our harvest in due season. And I'm sure in the name of Jesus, as I mentioned this, as we sow our seed in this house, as we sow our seed in faith in God's kingdom, no matter where you are, can I tell you, your seed might be a word filled with hope and love to somebody who does not have it. When you sow that seed, it will come back to you. Can I tell you something? Christian life is like a boomerang. What you throw in will come back to you. And this is the principle of God's word. What we get to sow here. If you sow happiness, happiness will come to you. You sow joy in everybody's life. Joy will come behind you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And this is what God is wanting us to do as a church community. Don't eat from your seed. God is the provider in every season. And He provides for all our needs.